Today's topic, U.S. judge suspends Oregon ban on homebuyer love letters. I'm Darren, and this is... Catherine. This is Real Estate Money and Marriage. First off, that headline, these types of headlines about bans always confuse me because I never know, is it going forward or is it being rejected? It's a double negative. U.S. judge suspends Oregon ban on homebuyer love letters. These types of things always confuse me. Let's give the audience a quick rundown of what a love letter is. A love letter. I don't really know why it's called that. I always thought it's a silly name, but it's when a buyer is trying to buy a house and it's a competitive situation and they're trying to stand out from the other offers. So they write a personal letter to the seller that they want to be included with their offer. Usually, sometimes it includes a picture. Sometimes it includes a picture. Mm-hmm. Usually, always includes a little bit about themselves, their family, if they're family, what they love about the house, what they're excited about, why they want to live their life in that house. So, little backstory. So there's context of what a love letter is. A backstory is Oregon, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Oregon banned homebuyer love letters. Did you know that? I had heard that, yeah. Okay, so this article is a U.S. judge suspends that ban. Uh, Reading from this federal judge last week issued a preliminary injunction blocking Oregon's ban on real estate love letters, the nickname for personal notes from prospective buyers to home sellers. The letters often written to appeal to seller to accept a potentially less competitive offer were outlawed as of January 1st by lawmakers seeking to ensure that sellers couldn't make decisions based on race, national origin, marital or family status, sex, sexual orientation, or other protected classes. The judge's injunction was a major victory for free speech and economic opportunity, said Daniel Ortner, an attorney with Specific Legal Foundation which says it defends Americans from government overreach and abuse. I've never been a fan. As realtors, we have a code of ethics. Not only are we following fair housing laws of the nation, but each individual state that we're in, and some states have more protected classes than other states, but we're still operating as realtors on a code of ethics. And I have always felt, it's just an opinion, please legal lawyers, states, licensing boards, NAR, don't come after me. It's just an opinion of mine that those love letters cross some lines. But it's hard to write a love letter without mentioning, talking about who you are and like what your family's in, especially if you include a picture, like you're gonna disclose where, what category you fall into. You, you talked about, oh, we're looking forward to raising our family here. You're not supposed to base any decisions on marital or f- family status. Or like, I just finished my continuing education, so I'll be licensed in Washington at least another two years. So I just finished it last week, and this topic was discussed, and the example they used was A buyer could say, I love this house and I've already picked out where the Christmas tree is going to go. And I can't wait to open presents around the Christmas tree in the family room. You've just disclosed as a buyer that you are a Christian and you celebrate Christmas. Maybe you shouldn't do that. 
because then you're putting the seller in a weird position if they choose your offer or if they don't choose your offer because then they're either giving you preference. It, it could be looked at like they're choosing Is that you. really the language that they use? Yes. Because that's an overreach a little bit of our continuing ed then saying that just because you have a tree, you're a Christian. I could see like, I'm going to put a crucifix above the living room fireplace. Like, okay, now you're a Christian, but a tree's pretty secular. Well, it's, it's not hard to overreach. I guess that's the thing. This attorney, Daniel Ortner, says this ruling preserves the opportunity of homebuyers to speak freely to sellers and make the case on why their purchase offers should win out. And I have to be, have to choose my words carefully since we're talking about a careful topic. If I could see a buyer, especially in this competitive market where you have six, seven, eight, 18 offers coming in on a property and someone feels like they missed out because of one of the very many protected classes that we have. And they go, we want to know why. And anything that the seller says, if they got a love letter, I don't see how they don't get in trouble because if they go, well, you and your boyfriend, mm -hmm. okay, so marital status or you're not married and we raised our family here. So we wanted a family, boom, familial status, mm -hmm. like they just cross a huge line. And then I don't know how the real estate agent, that would be us, doesn't get dragged into that then. Of, did you know they made the decision based upon that? Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely could. Like the buyer is just forcing the seller into that position. So I guess as a seller, you just have to have a, a legit reason. And I guess legit is price, closing date. Terms. Earnestly, the, yeah. It, there's a reason why we have contracts and forms and... It, they're basically fill in the blank. And it's, this is the contract that we're putting together. And for me, my personal take is until a love letter gets formalized and added into the contract, because our contracts can update. We didn't used to do escalation clauses. Now we do. We didn't used to do review dates. Now we do these things. They all get added in at certain times. They get approved and then they get added in. If there is a form that comes out that says, that's fill in the blank, we blank your home because blank. And we would very much blank if you would blank and they can fill out that way. <laughs> I'll be fine with it. Until that time, I'm not comfortable with love letters. I've never encouraged a love letter. I don't like my sellers to be in that position of a love letter. I don't think this is, was a bad law by Oregon to put into place. What do you think? I've never really loved this idea of the love letter like when my buyers are frustrated with the market or something they're like oh I know should I write a letter to the seller and I'm usually like we can try it but what I don't like is you are making assumptions about the seller that they will like you and your family and they will think you are the right buyer because of your personal life when Maybe they don't like you. Maybe you write them a nice heartfelt letter and you're a great person and you just got engaged and you can't wait to, you and your husband can't wait to move into the house together and live your life there. Maybe the seller's getting divorced and they're bitter 
and they don't want you to be happy. That might hurt, actually. <laughs> it could happen. It's yeah. potential. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone has any sort of emotional feeling to the house, it's more, I don't want this home to go to an investor or something. But even in some of those takes, like they're going to get the best price there. And in this type of market, you want as much money as you can get because you need that to go onto your next property. Anyways, it's just interesting that as I go through this article, it doesn't really say why the judge shut it down. It's just that quote from the attorney. I think down here, they just said, there's no proof that such discrimination was taking place and that state and federal laws already prohibit housing discrimination. Yeah. I, I just wonder if maybe this is some language of maybe it's not about the love letter, but you can't submit any documentation that is not approved already by the local board would have been a better route for this. I'm not a big fan of them. What do you think? I could take them or leave them. Do you think they need to be outlawed though? Probably not. I'm okay with them being outlawed. Agree to disagree. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Money and Marriage Podcast with Catherine and Darren. And when you're ready, here's four things that you can do right now. Number one, make sure you're subscribed to this show, whether you're watching or listening. If you're watching, you can also click the like button, click the thumbs up button. Number two, if you're a first time homebuyer, get a free guide, seven costly mistakes homebuyers make. Visit costlymistakeshomebuyersmake.com. Number three, if you're selling your home, get access to our Get Sell Ready Guide and Checklist. It'll show you how to get your home ready without spending a fortune or wasting your nights and weekends updating and remodeling your home. Visit GetSellReady.com. And number four, start a smart moves conversation with us. Get clarity about what to do next. Get your questions answered, your concerns taken care of, and an action plan customized to your timeline. You can schedule a call with us at SmartMovesCall.com or start a chat with us 